0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wake up, America! It's time for the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY.com. West Palm Beach's number one internet radio station. Here's your host, the Pipe Man. We have a guest from Hawaii and which I wish I was in Hawaii right now because I, I'm I'm about over Florida. Florida, I don't know why people call Florida paradise. I, I don't really get that. Hawaii to me is paradise. And so we're going to bring on our guest, Tim Lilly. Tim, what do you think? Is Hawaii paradise?
2: Uh, well, right now it's Africa hot. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: well. It's always like that. Two of uh, your Florida uh, uh, thunderstorms last night. We got a little bit of rain. We got about four inches of rain here, but um, yeah, it's really really hot right now. We're going through a a real hot spell right now.
1: We have that every single day. We have (laughs) we have two seasons here: hot and hotter.
2: Yeah, I know. I I used to love going to Disney World over there until I found out that about 3 o'clock in the afternoon every day it breaks out, breaks out in thunderstorms over there.
1: Yeah, I don't um, know why you came all the way this way. You, uh, what you should have done is you should have just gone to Disneyland in Cali because it's actually better, except if you're going to Epcot or some of the outskirt things. But the yeah. park itself, Magic Kingdom, is actually better in Disneyland. So just for all you Hawaii listeners... Don't waste your time coming to Florida to go to Disney World. Go to Disneyland and Cali. You can get in your kayak and row right over.
2: Matter of opinion
1: much? Say that again, Rebel? Matter of opinion much? Well, have you been to both? I only thought the need to go to one. Well, there you go. That's See, how can you have an opinion if you don't compare both? If you haven't been to both, tell how what, can you compare both? I will do both? the comparison for everyone. You send me to California, and I will go to Disney World, uh, Disneyland, and compare the land to the
2: world.
1: Well, you know? let let me put it to you this way: the world includes a bunch of roads with traffic, a bunch of stores. So if you're into that, that's cool. Epcot is cool. The uh, but the actual Magic Kingdom. There are more rides at the one in California. The rides are newer. And other than that, all the other stuff, it has the same stuff. So wouldn't you prefer to go to one if you're going to Magic Kingdom? Forget everything else. But if you're going to Magic Kingdom, wouldn't you prefer to go to one that has more rides and more updated, newer rides? I would have to compare them both. No, no. I'm asking a a specific question. if you, I feel like I'm in the middle of an argument of Don Eymundson as a daughter on his show. That, right, exactly. I mean, <laughs> think about it. The question <laughs> I asked was: if you had a choice and two of them were exactly the same, except one had more rides and the rides were newer, which would you pick? You can't more, s- more rides and newer rides means more lines to stand in and less people to branch out into things. So I'd probably stick to the Magic Kingdom in. Florida. Well, you could go with that argument, but the fact is, is if there's more rides with the same amount of people, that means shorter lines. <laughs> no, because see, people at the Magic Kingdom in Florida have stores and restaurants and other things to go into and stuff like that. If it's more, only a, a, they have all those in Disneyland, too. It's only if you leave the park that you have those additional stores and restaurants. Let, let's talk about here? Hawaii because California <laughs> and Florida—they don't even compare to Hawaii.
2: <laughs> yeah, most, most, most of the time it's really nice here. We we have what's called the trade winds, which you know, which um, you know, um, complements the heat, so it doesn't get as hot usually. But like I said, recently it's been kind of warm. Uh, we've uh, we've actually broken about three or four uh, heat records in some of the islands here. Wow. But um, yeah, usually it's 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 a lot nicer. It
1: so is. so tell us about. Your book?
2: Well, two books. Um, right now, I'm working on the sequel to the. Uh, excuse me. I'm working on the prequel to the first one. The f- the first one is called uh, Water Susu. My Uncle: A Story of the Chinese Mafia. And uh, Water Susu is Mandarin for my uncle. So, um, I speak Mandarin because I lived in uh, Taiwan for five years while my father was serving in, as uh, director of air operations for Air America Military Region Two uh, and during the Vietnam Conflict. So when I was I was in Taiwan as a young child, so I picked up the Mandarin language, you know, pretty much like uh, duck to water. But um, I I wanted to uh, tell uh, my story of uh, what happened in the Great Recession, but I wanted to do it in an entertaining way. There was not really any um any uh, good uh, stories out. About uh, the Chinese mafia, no, uh, no, no, uh, fictional stories. <clears throat> and the the only actual real story was the uh, movie The Year of the Dragon, and that actually just based on a group in uh, in uh, New York City. my book is actually based on a, um, a you know fictionalized uh, uh, international criminal organization. So what I did was, is um, when I was doing research, it's very hard to find information on the Chinese mafia because these guys are very, very secretive. But what I did find was in my research there was this guy in uh, Shanghai before the. Before the uh, Asian part of World War II broke out, he ran the Shanghai Tong. So I created these characters. Um, the first one was this uh, guy I named uh, Chan Wan San, and I said I, what I do is I set out that he and I did it in a very basic way in my first book, you know. So what it, what it was, was was setting the map for my uh, prequel, which I did, and is what I'm working on now. But uh, he taught this other guy, and then he, you know, he goes through a whole bunch of things, um, the Opium Wars, and the um, and actually he has a relationship with Mao Tse Kong. And uh, and then actually he meets his nephew later on, and it's his nephew I use as the device to tell the story. It's done in first person, so it's kind of like a Martin Scorsese film where you know like Henry Hill tells you the story of his friends in uh, Goodfellas. So I did the same thing, I used the same tool. Um, Whereas um, Chan Woon saws nephew, this guy I created called Randall Ting, and I interjected a lot of my real life experiences into it. Um, so like my my best friend uh, died of. Uh, of uh, of spinal cancer. So I, I interjected that into uh, the character of Randall Ting. And, um, you know, some other things, you know, fun things that happened to us. You know, we got into some car accidents and things when we were real, you know, real young and dumb. Um, some sort of the things that happened to us in nightclubs and the people we met. So I interjected that in to make, you know, make it more fun and more lifelike. And then of course I had all the fictionalized uh, gun battles, and also too in the, like in the the uh, TV series Shogun, starring Richard Chamberlain, you know at the end of that everybody could speak a little Japanese. So what I did was is I used the pinyin form of uh, English to to teach uh, Westerners, you know, some basic Chinese sayings. And of course it's, it's Chinese gangsters, so it's uh, you know a lot of swear words. And you warn people right off the bat there's a lot of there's a lot of swearing, There's a lot of graphic violence. There's even a couple of instances of rape. You know, I wanted to make it as real as possible how gangsters act. So, and then, and then, so he, he goes through all this stuff uh, uh Randall Tim's best friend is this guy named uh, uh, Tommy Landis, and he tries to go from a transition of, uh, of, uh, of, a, of, a, of a criminal life into a normal life, and then he finds out that the business world is just more crooked, if not more so, than the criminal world. So that's the actual paradox that he faces, and then that's when I write in all the stuff. A lot of the things that um, are not made up, a lot of the things that really happened to me during the Great Recession.
1: So... Uh, I have a question for you because I was just discussing this earlier on my show. I had a argument with somebody on Facebook yesterday Uh and the argument was, and this pertains to what you're talking about, that we don't really know what goes on in these wars and what the real reasons are. and, And there's a lot of things that are hidden. And unfortunately, and I find more the liberals do this than the conservatives They all insist that they know for a fact because they read the facts. And that's what this person was arguing with me about, that it's fact. And he he was even insulting to me. Uh, You know, I'm sitting there and saying – you know, the bottom line is I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, this or that. We none of us know what really happened, who's at fault, who made the decisions uh, and what the reasons were. And he said, like, yes, we do, because all you have to do is research. And I'm telling him. Just because you research it doesn't mean it's fact. It's truth. Just because somebody wrote it down and then he starts with historians. And and again, I said, just because a historian documents it doesn't mean it's fact. There's a lot of variables in there, which is the things that, you know, in government that we'll never know because uh, they're not going to let us know. And yeah. the fact that uh, you know they put out for the research and the fact that the historians and the media what they want us to know.
2: Let me put it to you this way: page one of my first book, the very first line in the prologue, it says, "History is written by those who are the victors of conflict of any 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 conflict or war." Those are the guys who write the history. So what I do is I found, and a lot of this irritates a lot of people. I found that I have the ability to read between the lines. And that's why I've always said in my, in my books that there is a secret organization out there that controls all these world events, and, and they maneuver our leaders into the decisions they make. And ever since the Eisenhower, Eisenhower was the last president that had real control over the military. After that, that's why Kennedy got killed because he tried to take back control of the military.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, that's
2: my opinion. I mean, you can say what you want, you can say I'm crazy. I'm a crackpot. But from the things that I found, and let me put it this way my, my second book, Two Corps, A lot of it is based on what happened to my father in Vietnam. My dad was the director of operations for military region two and two Corps, Republic of South Vietnam. He knew all the clandestine information that went on. When I put my books application into the, um, copyright office, it took them over a year and I had to call them and push them to get the, to push it through. Finally, they sent me a letter of authorization that I had the copyright for it.
1: Well, I, I agree with you. You know, it, it's amazing because I was talking to this person, and it's just no matter what I said, I wasn't agreeing or disagreeing with what he thought was fact. I was yeah. just simply pointing out that just because you read it doesn't mean it's true, and that you're right. just you're just a person. You don't know what's really going on behind the scenes, and these people, they kind of insist that they do. And mm-hmm. we'll probably never know a lot of times what's really going on behind the scenes.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
1: and he specifically mentioned Vietnam as one of the things that he was discussing. And, and again, we don't know the truth about Vietnam, but your books are fictional books that kind of uh, give another viewpoint on what happened in Vietnam. Am I correct?
2: Yeah, and I was there for the last year and a half that, 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 that the South Vietnam government existed. I lived there because when the, pa- the, the uh, Paris Peace Accord was signed, um, uh, it, uh, even though Congress didn't affirm it, my my father sent for us, and my, my mother and I had moved. From, and that's that's the time when my brother went off to college, and my mother and I moved from Taiwan and went to live to Vietnam. And at the time, I'll tell you this: Vietnam was beautiful. And I see it on the on the internet now. I see pictures of the places Hanoi. There's places in Hanoi. That are three times the size of Rodeo Drive and are selling high-end items like that. Places where the bloodiest battles happen, like the Ashaw Valley and the Central Highlands and Quezon, it's all condominiums now. Nha where I lived, was the most pristine, untouched beaches you'd ever see in the world. Now it's all overdeveloped, like Waikiki Beach. South in Saigon, I refuse to call it Ho Chi Minh City. Saigon is now all bowling alleys, KFC, and McDonald's. Now. Go back to 1965 when the, uh, the, the communists were doing all the recruiting. Do you think they were telling them? I mean, either way, it would have ended up the same. So why did all these people die?
1: Right, exactly.
2: We would have gone in there and you know added capitalism, and it may have happened a little bit sooner, but it would have ended up the same. So why did everybody die? That's, that's the real root of you know, it's that's why I always say my, one of my, my favorite things, I don't know if I made it up or not, but I put it in my books and I said, if nobody else is saying it, I am, politics is the purest form of hypocrisy.
1: Absolutely. So we're at the end of uh, getting at the end of the show. So there's a lot of information that your books uh, can entertain and inform people. How would people uh, buy your books and find out more about you?
2: Yeah, um, I'm on both uh, Barnes & Noble and Amazon. You can just go right in there and type my name, Tim Lilly, uh, two words, first name Tim, T-I-M, last name Lilly, L-I-L-L-Y. Or you can, uh, you can actually go to my author website. to have one for each book right now, www.outskirtspress.com. And the first one is slash, slash uh, um, my uncle. And the second one is uh, slash two core, and that's Roman numeral two, C-O-R-P-S. There's order buttons there for both um, Barnes & Noble and, uh, and Amazon, and they're also available in e e-book format too.
1: All right. Beautiful. So uh, everybody, make sure you check out these books. Uh, You'll absolutely love them. And you do have a third book coming out uh, uh, sometime in the near future. So everybody pay attention to the new book that will be coming out and whenever it may be, whether it's towards the end of the year or the beginning of next. Tim, we love what you do and we love your books. And I uh, employ all our listeners to buy your book and buy it right and buy your books right away and then wait for the third one and buy that one as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, and enjoy Hawaii today. Okay, thank you. You got it. All right, bye-bye now. You're listening to The Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY Radio, the UEC Military Freedom Network, W4VET Radio, K4HD, Hollywood Talk Radio.
2: Thank you for listening to the Adventures of Pipe Man on W4CY Radio.